This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Great to have you on this Thursday, October 15th. I am Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is in Houston. So I'm teamed up with a man who knows all too well how to, how to call a game winner in Houston, Jason Shepard. Ah, uh, yes. I think of that moment often in Man Alive. The last time a BYU team was in Houston. Oh, man. Uh, well, let's just say something very, very impressive happened. It was men's basketball. And yes. You called the game uh, with Mark Durant. Yes. And it sounded like this. Harding inbounds to Haas. With three seconds, Haas pulls up, fades away. Yes, yes, yes. And you can hear the excitement of Mark Duran as well. In fact, you guys got so excited the equipment just failed. The I, I was <laughs> I got so loud that it it overran the I don't know. It was overmodulated. Yeah, the, uh... I, something happened and it essentially to to save itself. <laughs> Cut the mic off. <laughs> it bowed out. Ben Bagley's in the studio going, all right, let's because, get back to you. Because Mark's mic <laughs> was still working, and I was still talking well beyond what you heard. But, you didn't but my mic had yeah. essentially shut itself down because it, it had peaked. The uh, levels had peaked. And so did you in that moment. Because, <laughs> because you go home to... You go to your hotel, you lay on the bed, oh, yes. and Sports Center yeah. starts playing the top ten plays. And who's number two? Yeah, Jason Shepard's number two. So you will never get higher than that. If you have the number one play, I'll take you to Tucanos. Okay. That'll be awesome. So after that game, myself, Mark Durant, and Kyle Chilton, who's the Sports Information Director for BYU Basketball, we go out to get something to eat. It's so it's super late. Get back. Oh, that party is always fun. So, so we get back to the hotel, and I, I finally get into my room, lay down in bed. At around 1 a.m., it was all, well, they usually do top 10 towards the end of the hour, so it was yeah. probably like 1250-ish. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just flip on SportsCenter because that's what you do. And so I'm half paying attention, and all of a sudden, and uh, this one, a great game from BYU in Houston. Uh, here's Jason Shepard, and I'm like, did you just say my name? <laughs> Indeed. It, it was it was a great night all the way around. Yeah. Even better, the next day when we were all getting on the plane to fly home, TJ I had I'd got into the plane and it was already I was in my seat already. TJ walks in, he gives me a look and he's like <laughs> like look what we did. Like, like he's like I'm going to say look mostly what he did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But but what, yes, it was a, cool. Like, that's the last time BYU was in Houston. <laughs> I mean, could BYU have a special finish again? Uh very exciting. I love that. Hopefully I think it doesn't can, take a a buzzer beater to beat the Houston Cougars. I'll I, take I don't it know how way. that would work in football. It but. was almost that way in 2013. That was epic. It, it, a walk off. Yes, the baseball term. Here's what's on the show rundown. Uh, We've probably peaked as well. Uh, ESPN's Chris Lowe on BYU's New Year's Six Chances and Zach Wilson in the Heisman Conversation, Jason's conversation with Chris coming up. What the attendance at a future devotional could mean for football and men's basketball attendance. We'll discuss. And Deep Blue explores the relationship between Troy and Fred Warner and how Troy's carving out his own legacy, plus a recap of last night's practice on the BYU TV app in case you missed it. But first, today's headlines. We are one day away from BYU's matchup at Houston. The Cougars in blue are 4-0, ranked 14th in the country. Really? 13th if you 
pay attention to the coaches poll. I don't. I don't either. Uh, while the Cougars in red are also undefeated, however, they are just 1-0 after beating Tulane. Tomorrow night's game can be seen on ESPN at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Countdown to kickoff on BYU TV begins at 8.30 Eastern. Radio pregame coverage on BYU Radio starts at 7.30 Eastern. With you. With me, as well as uh, Riley Nelson, Greg Rubel, and uh, Mitchell Jurgens. Absolutely. In my mind, I, I see the entire picture. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if that happens later in the I show. I don't. I only see it. That's fine. Uh, one other football note for you. Center James Empey has been named to the Remington Trophy watch list. The award is given to the best center in college football. Very nice. Men's Hoops Day 1 of official practice preparations for the season happened yesterday, 6 a.m. We passed on broadcasting that one, but we did the 6 p.m. Mountain special broadcast of practice. Featured drills, interviews, among them. We had Rick Pitino and Danny Ainge in addition to Mark Pope and coaches and players. It was very Very fun. well done. It was very fun. Nice job by our crew. Uh, Anson Winder was awesome as well. Pope says the next six weeks are about getting to know each other. I have to learn about them right now, about how we fit together and how we work together and how we can exploit some of the, you know, some of the skill sets and, and the on-paper talents that we have. And so probably the most important thing we do in the six, next six weeks is really get to know each other, them to know each other and me to know them so we can kind of figure out how the best way to approach games is. We are waiting on the full non-conference schedule to be released in the coming weeks. And by the way, you can go to our social media and watch that. Uh, we have the link put out or go to the men's basketball page on the BYU TV app to be able to watch it. It was very funny. And Mark said yesterday when he was on the show and Spencer and I asked him about the non-conference schedule, he mentioned, you know, we're very, very close. So they're waiting on on one. And, and once one domino falls, you could have a bunch of other things fall into place very, very quickly. So we'll uh, always excited to see what the non-conference looks like. Stadium's Brett McMurphy reports that all winter sports athletes will be given an extra year of eligibility. At BYU, that would include basketball, gymnastics, indoor track and field, as well as swimming and diving. Also, the NCAA approved a proposal to allow a one-time transfer request in all sports without having to sit out a year. Now, a vote on that rule will be taken in January for final approval. Finally, McMurphy reported that all 127 FBS teams playing this season are immediately bowl eligible. We'll discuss what that means for BYU coming up. And BYU Baseball announces that we'll have seven scrimmages in October starting tomorrow. We will bring the scrimmage to you on October 28th at 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. The rest of the scrimmages will be on the BYU Baseball Facebook page, most of which with Jason Shepard. Yes. That'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Okay, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Life's good right now. BYU's 4-0, ranked 14th in the AP poll. Enjoy it, baby. Let's keep it going. BYU leaves today to play at Houston tomorrow night. This will be BYU's biggest challenge of the season. I think we all agree on that one so far. So, Jason, which side of the ball has more pressure on it at Houston, the offense or the defense? I went back and forth on this one. This one was not necessarily an easy one for me to come up with because I can make a case for both sides, and I think you're probably right either way. I think the easy answer would be to say that the pressure is on the defense, not to allow Houston to go off offensively like we saw they are more than capable of doing. 49 points after falling behind by 17. So, I mean, it was, it was a pretty legitimate 49 points. I mean, it, they, it just kept coming fast and furious. So I think it's easy to go that direction, especially when you look at the size and speed of Houston. But ultimately, I'm going to go with the offense. I think the, the pressure is on the offense more to score. Whether it's a close game, whether it's a blowout, I think the offense has set a, a, a level 
of execution and honestly an expectation of what they're capable of. And I think especially in a game like this where I think it's even more important to find the end zone at a high clip because as good as BYU's defense is, I do think Houston is good enough to score points. For that reason, I think the pressure's on BYU's offense to continue to score. You got Just keep scoring. Like, regardless of what the defense does, we're going to need to keep scoring. So I'm going to say it's on the offense right now. Yeah, it feels like, like this could be a shootout. Yeah. It feels like 2013 could happen again, which was 47-46, just back and forth, crazy, limited defense. You get, I mean, I, I guess uh, coincidentally enough, a uh, pick ended the game for BYU right. in that. But, yeah, I can see an argument for both. Let, let's make the argument for both. So let's start with defense. Uh, Houston put up 49 points despite giving it away five times. I mean, that, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Did, I haven't looked it up. Do they score in every other possession besides that? That's, Just about. That's wild. BYU's defense does need to be stout because I think this is the best offense BYU will have faced. Maybe the best offense they face all year. Let's see what Boise State brings. But other than that, it's like, is this the best offense BYU will play this year? I don't know. Um, and, and BYU is fourth in points and yards allowed, tenth in yards per play. So BYU's defense has been awesome. We have not talked about the defense probably enough. The offense is the story here. It's BYU. It's passing. It's Zach Wilson. It's points. It's quarterbacks, right? That's what we do here. That's the brand. But what has BYU's real brand been since kind of 05 to now? It's been getting defensive players into the NFL for the most part. Taysom Hill and Jawal Williams have have, uh, resurrected the offense of good players, but here we go with BYU on defense. But if the offense can control the line of scrimmage, and I think that's where BYU's biggest advantage is in this game, is that BYU's O-line I think is better than the front seven of Houston. Granted, they have uh, good size and good speed compared to BYU's previous three opponents. BYU could have a good day. I wonder if it's going to be harder to be as explosive. The secondary for Houston had three Power 5 transfers sit yes. out last year. Yep, They're playing now. Tulane scored 31 points, but if you look closely, it was only 17 on offense. It was 14 on defense, which is pretty wild. And you could say for Houston offense, it was 42 on offense. They had a special teams touchdown on a kickoff return for Marquez Stevenson. So, listen, 42 is 42. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not exactly sure who's going to do it, but I think it will be easier for the offense to dictate what's going on. But the defense could put BYU in position to have the ball to control the game a little bit more. Let's be honest, BYU's going to have to bring it like they had, uh, unlike previous weeks. This isn't w- the previous opponents. That, I think this is a bigger challenge, a bigger game. And if BYU wins this, the conversation continues of, hey, BYU could run the table. I remember being on, and I, and I think it was when I was with you as, as co-host, um, and I had mentioned that I'm just not worried about Houston. Like I'm not buying their leap that a lot of people thought from last year to this year. That was, I think, a day before that game against Tulane. And I came away saying, okay, I probably underestimated them. I think we all did. Yeah. Because I, I, they were 4-8 and eight last year. Yeah. We didn't know what they'd bring. We didn't know. Clayton Toon looked pretty good. Right. Well, See, Stevenson was awesome. He had like 200 all-purpose yards in the well, game. You, and incredible. you mentioned those three power five members of the, of the defense that had to set out last year. So the secondary specifically. Yes, the secondary specifically. So yeah. they are now there. But then you look at not just – this is the first team BYU will face that will look like them physically. Like it's, you're not going to have the significant size advantage like you've had in the others. So not only is, is the size and speed there for Houston, but this is a team that brings back so much. 15 returning starters. That's seven on each side and then a special teams player. So it's not only do you have size and speed, but you have players who have been in this system and have, and have been together. 
And that, that, that's something that BYU has not faced to this point. There's an anxiety level with this game that BYU hasn't had going into any of the others except for Navy. That first game, we all kind of had it. But since then, there's not been that same level of anxiety. Now there's a chance BYU loses. There, there, it hasn't felt like there was a real chance that BYU would lose the last three weeks. If BYU doesn't play, yes, chance. BYU has to play well in this game to win. And, and I think they are going to have that emotional, physical energy and effort that they typically put into these big P5 games. They've circled this one. This is one of the three toughest games on the schedule, no doubt. I still think BYU is the better team. They're favored. I still expect them to go in and win. But I'm not expecting a, a blowout like we've seen in the, in the first Hoping four games. Hoping for a one-plus win. There we go. Hey. That's one, all. That's all. It's all plus. it takes. It's the new seventeen. Plus. It's all it takes. One plus. <laughs> the new seventeen plus. <laughs> Topic number two. We were talking about it. You were obviously a part of it last night. You and Anson Winder hosting the coverage of uh, the BYU basketball all access uh, practice last night on the BYU TV app. Uh, first of all, it was awesome to be able to have that type of access. Y- you just don't get that type of stuff these days anymore because everybody's pulling access away. So there was a lot to see. You got an opportunity to see these teams, these players interact with each other in a practice setting what were what were your overall takeaways from the scrimmage last night yeah first off the access was fun yeah. it was very fun to hear mark pope the whole time we heard the assistants it was great to chat with rick patino and danny ainge on the show that was really fun those are both lined up by mark himself by the way he's like here mark I makes a phone sure. call yeah yeah they could uh, be on this mic'd up was great the access was great uh in terms of the the product on the floor BYU has shooters and size there were a lot of threes going down last night uh, Caleb Lohner, by the way, said, hey, just FYI, I'm 230. I'm, I'm not 215. So he's even bigger than I thought, which is awesome. Yes, Matt Harms and Richard Harward and Gavin Baxter and Colby Lee and, and Wyatt Lowell's not a post player, but a 6'10 guy on the outside. I mean, BYU has six dudes that are 6'8 and up that can start at the beginning of the season, in theory. I guess Wyatt Lowell in later November. Uh, but you look at uh, last year, BYU had two to start the season that were 6'8 and above. I mean, it was, it was a struggle. And then the shooting. I, I thought BYU was, uh, it was fun to watch. The pop rule, you got to make a decision in 0.5 seconds or, left or less. Just make a decision. The energy was good. The juice was awesome. It was very enjoyable. I'm excited to see how this comes together. There's still six weeks before the season starts. They've got a minute. They're getting to know each other, as Mark Pope said. Uh, the very first thing that was evident to me last night was just how much Matt Harms reminded me of Andre Kirilenko. The haircut? Maybe it's the haircut, but that was the very first thing I thought of <laughs> was former jazz man Andre Karolinko. He's going to really love that. Well, hey, look, Andre Karolinko made, a, made a lot of money in the NBA. I think it was, there's yes. probably worse yes, things you could be compared to. Yes. The other thing. Among other storylines. The other thing <laughs> that stood out to me was the same thing that stood out to you, and it's the size. And there was, we've, we've known this, because you can look at the roster, and you can see the heights of everybody, and you know the team is bigger. But it was a noticeable difference to see this group on the floor and just to see how different the team looked. And you mentioned guys like Harms and Harward, Lowell, Lee, Baxter. This team just looks bigger. It is a completely different look than any other BYU team I remember that, that they can put out on the floor. And, and not only did the height of the team stand out, but the players I mentioned have the size and the skill. You know, these guys aren't just guys that are going to have to play within five feet of the basket. We know the game is changing. And now it doesn't matter if you're a guard or a center, you're expected to be able to play from the perimeter. And you have and, to defend and, the and pick and roll up. Defend the pick and roll and ball handling. You know, you're expected to essentially be a guard as a center these days. And I just, not only did I see the height, 
but I saw the skill out of all of these players. The other thing that I thought was really cool, and you would certainly expect this, but whether it was the guys who are, are now in year two with Coach Pope at BYU and the staff, or just the guys who were maybe with him at UVU previously, it was obvious that the players know what's expected of them. Mm. They've been in the system. They know what to expect. They know what these coaches want out of them. So I think the expectations have been set and the players know. Those are a couple things that stood out to me. I was really impressed with what I saw. With the height, uh, Gideon George, who's 6'6", uh, raw athleticism. Yep. going to be awesome. He blocked a couple shots, deflected a couple balls. It was great. Caleb Bloner throwing it down hard. That was fun. The hair looks amazing. Uh, Gideon George sat, uh, was standing next to Matt Harms. Gideon George is not short, as I mentioned. He looks small. <laughs> Harms is just – he's – He's, tall, just, he's all he's just, of 7'3". Yeah, he's a massive human being. And then Chris Burgess mentioned uh, when we were talking during a drill with him, he said, sometimes we'll throw three at the offensive glass. I mean, BYU's going to get a lot of second-chance points, offensive rebounds, and uh, that's going to be very different than last year. Yet, I think they have some good shooters still. I'm not sure it's going to lead the country. That's going to be the goal again. But uh, BYU does have some ballers on the outside. Okay, our question of the day is, is there more pressure on the BYU offense or defense to perform at Houston. Let's hear what you have to say in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on MySpace, Friendster, and no, uh, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Jesse caught him on Twitter. I think, did, did, you, still, did you have MySpace? Back in the I did not have MySpace, okay. no. Yeah, you're, you were already made. I think defense, says Jesse. <laughs> Defensive takeaways. And stopping the passing game, I believe, are the keys to beating them. Houston did cough it up five times. So if BYU can take advantage of that, uh, that that's a way you try and lose a game, is give away the ball. But they still won minus five in turnover margin, which is insane. That means they were way better than Tulane. Okay, can I make a bold prediction? I know I'm not on kind of in a kickoff. Brian, Logan, is that you? If, if Houston turns the ball over five times, BYU's going to win. <laughs> okay. What will you do if they don't? Will you shave your head? I will shave your head. That's exactly oh, what I'll let's do. Shave Spencer. I'm sure your wife will, be, will appreciate that. She's going to tweet stop again. <laughs> I know. I saw. Coming up, the best of last night's all access with BYU basketball. And ESPN's Chris Lowe discusses BYU's New Year's Six chances among many other interesting topics with Jason. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon will be here in Provo. They'll be joined by Spencer Linton live from Houston on Countdown to Kickoff. Watch to get you all the info leading up to kickoff at BYU in Houston tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV. And uh, pregame on the radio an hour earlier. So there you go. We got you covered, man. This is BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We have a podcast on demand. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, video as well on BYUSN.com. One of the national media members to join this week's BYU football media availability on Zoom was ESPN's Chris Lowe. It actually turns out that he's doing a piece on BYU and their fantastic start to the 2020 season. So as soon as we found out about that, well, of course, we've got to get him on the show. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, happy to have ESPN.com senior writer Chris Lowe joining us on BYU Sports Nation. Chris, good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us today. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. So let's talk a little BYU football. Uh, It was uh, was fun to see you on the weekly Zoom call for BYU football media availability. I know you're doing a piece 
on this BYU football team. They're 4-0, depending on the poll you look at, 13th or 14th in the country. What have been your impressions of this BYU football team so far in 2020? Well, they're a lot of fun to watch play, and I've had a chance to watch them play a couple times now, and they're entertaining. You know, Zach Wilson is a lot of fun to watch play, that offense, and, you know, seeing the way Gunnar Romney has improved. I, I know they were a little disappointed in the way they played last week, you know, not playing their best football. But you know what? That, that might be one of those things as they go into this game against Houston on the road that might be the best thing for them, that uh, especially in this year, the, the craziest of all years we've seen in college football, that you better be ready to play, come to play your best football every week. But uh, no, I think that's the mo the thing that jumps out to me is it's a fun team to watch play. Well, and they really have played well on both sides of the ball. Obviously, the offense gets a lot of the attention, and specifically Zach Wilson, and you just mentioned him. What about him specifically has caught your eye? He just looks much more in command of the offense. And, you know, he turned the ball over some last year. I think that was something that they wanted to improve on. And you look this year, he, he's accounted for 14 touchdowns in his first four games and only thrown one interception. And just, I talked to Zach yesterday, and he said the game has really slowed down for him. You know, he's seeing things, he's anticipating better. Uh, he knows what his answers are uh, when, when teams throw different things at him. And here's the thing I think that you, we never can underestimate about a quarterback is he's very confident in the guys around him, and they're very confident in him. You know, you, they're all on the same page. You can see that. Uh, and, you know, if you spend any time around Zach, you talk to Zach, he's such a gregarious guy. He's always talking. He's always wanting to learn more. You know, Gunner was, was saying or that, that he's one of those guys that no matter what you're doing, if you're watching a movie or you're just hanging out, he's always talking, always sort of bugging those guys and pushing those guys about football, you know, football-related matters. In fact, Kalani said yesterday, he says, I know the guys around him get tired because the guy never quits thinking about football and how he can get better. And let's be honest, that's the kind of quarterback you want on your team. That's the kind of guy you want to play with. Zach Wilson is being compared to some pretty impressive college football players. And your ESPN cohort, uh, Mel Kuyper, actually has him as the fifth best quarterback right now. You think that's fair right now? Well, when you look at the legacy of quarterbacks at BYU, first and foremost, you know, I, I think it's – I know that's something that Zach takes uh, very seriously when he looks back at all the quarterbacks who come before him there in Provo. But, yeah, I, I think he, he's got all the – he checks all the boxes. He's got a great arm. You know, he's, he's mobile. He can move around. He can make plays. Uh, he's good, you know, when things break down. He throws the football well on the run, and he's gotten better. You know, he, he studies the game. And, and the quarterback, you just – you can't watch enough tape. You can't be into the game enough. And he's certainly done that. And we've seen him take his game to another level this year through four games. Now, some of their tougher tests are to come, starting with this Houston game. they got Boise State back on the schedule, San Diego State. And, and, you know, four games doesn't make a season, certainly doesn't make a quarterback's resume. But I think to this point, what I've seen from Zach, he's got good size. He's got the measurables. Absolutely. I think he's a guy that will play in the NFL, and, and some, there are some teams that will be scrambling to get him. You mentioned BYU having a, a tougher schedule coming up, so let's focus on the matchup Friday between the two Cougar teams, the red versus the blue. What do you make of this matchup? This is a really important game for both teams, really. Well, you know, I think it says something about Houston and how explosive they are on offense. So they can turn the ball over that many times and still score 40-plus points. But if you follow Dana Holgerson's career and his ability to, 
to generate points and move the football as offensive coordinator, as head coach, it shouldn't be surprising. That's that's what he's done everywhere he's been. And I think defensively, BYU's got to play its best football game. They've got to take the ball away. You, you can't give a Houston offense, certainly one run under Dana Holgerson, a lot of possessions and let them drive the football. You know, the more possessions you give them, you know, the tougher it is going to be to beat them. So I think taking the ball away, winning in special teams, making a few plays in special teams, putting them in tough situations, maybe backing them up and not giving them a lot of plus field situations will be big for BYU. But it's a game that that I'm very interested in watching play. I, I don't know how much you know about Houston. You got If you're BYU and Kalani Sataki and that staff, you've got one game of tape to watch on. Now, the flip side of that is, and you saw this with the turnovers last week from Houston, how ready to play is Houston. You know, a physical – because when you don't play football and you go long periods of time and don't play, and certainly none of the teams around the country have had a lot of practice time together on the practice field, the things that typically show up are the physical things, being able to tackle well, holding on to the football, securing the football, uh, and blocking, being able to make plays in space, both on offense and defense. And I think that's where BYU will have a little bit of an advantage because they played four games and Houston's only played one. One of the hot topics out here, and we've asked a lot of people this question, and I'm, I'm curious where you fall in this argument. With BYU's schedule, and it's certainly not the one that they intended to play this year, but if BYU were to go undefeated with this schedule, where do you fall in the argument of whether or not they should be included in the New Year's, New Year's Six Bowls or the college football playoff? You know, that's one of the topics that I'm, I'm addressing in the piece I'm doing for ESPN. Um, I think there's three teams right now that the ESPN's FBI index favors or, or says has more of a chance to go unbeaten uh, than BYU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Marshall. So other than those three teams, you know, our metric says that BYU has as good a chance as anybody to go unbeaten. Now, they still got to go out there and do it. But if they were to go 10-0, and uh, I don't think there's much chance that they're going to be in a college football playoff talk just because their schedule strength is, is going to be one of those things that the committee looks at and says, now we're weighing that against some of these schedules that Ohio State or Clemson or Bama or, you know, Florida, whoever, you know. Um, it's going to be tough to sort of get in that conversation. I get that. Um, now, if they were playing their original schedule, and we're finished unbeaten. And I think it's a much different story. But, you know, BYU can't help that. The fact that they're playing football. Hey, listen, the fact that we're playing football, period, right. is a blessing. Yep. You know? But a New Year's Six Bowl, I think, is more realistic. I think if they go 10-0, and 0, and you look at that schedule, and I asked Zach this very question, and he even said, listen, I think it's sort of how we get there. You know, if we're fortunate enough to win all of our games, how do we look? How dominant are we? You know, we're putting up a lot of points. Are, are we the kind of team that's, that, that you come away from the game saying, boy, the way they play, they look like a top 10 team, a top five team. Uh, I think that to me probably, you hate to talk about style points, but it's not only going 10-0. I think it would be going 10-0 and being very impressive. And if they do that, uh, and they had the little hiccup last week, but they still won. If they do that, then I think they're right there in the center of the conversation to be in a New York Six Bowl, and I think they should be. Obviously, BYU still has some open dates towards the end of the year, and Tom Holmo is basically in, in waiting mode just to see if there are opportunities to add games. Do you think BYU needs to add another quality opponent? And obviously, you'd have to win it, but would that, 
I don't say legitimize it, but at least give them a better chance of going to a, a New Year's Six Bowl? It wouldn't hurt. And, uh, you know, I think Tom, you know, deference to, to Zach and, and some of those guys on defense, Tom might be the MVP right now, that program, you know, putting the schedule back together. They had three games at one point in August when all the conferences started dropping out. They, you know, the Mountain West, everybody started saying, you know, we're not going to play football. They're sitting there with three football games. And I think, I, again, I think that says a lot about Kalani and his leadership, the players on this team, that they continue to believe, they continue to work hard, that we're going to have some football and, and didn't let it become a distraction. And Tom's sort of scrambling behind the scenes to put, a, put games together and put a schedule together. So kudos to him for doing that. Uh, but, no, I think if they can add another game, I know there was, you know, the Army game, and that was a disappointment that that one sort of fell by the wayside. Is there a chance to, to maybe play Army again? But I think anybody they can add to the schedule, another game, and certainly, you know, if it's a team – that resonates, you know, let's, let's use Boise state as an example, Houston as an example, then that certainly won't hurt their cause. A couple more minutes with ESPN's Chris Lowe here on BYU sports nation. Chris, yesterday there was a D one survey released and in some of the results in that, I guess 61% of power five schools said they would be in favor of breaking away from the NCAA, essentially forming their own governing body in, in their own division We've heard about this for a long, long time is something that may or may not be a possibility. Do you think that's realistic? How realistic do you think that actually is in the future? You know, we've heard talk like that for a while, that at some point that the big boys, you know, a certain group of teams, I say the big boys, certain group of teams break away and do their own thing. Um, you know, right now, when you look at college football, outside of being the enforcement arm, how much, how involved is the NCAA? I mean, they're not, they don't control the college football playoff, um, the bowl games. So yes, they are, as I said, the enforcement branch of the rules. So I would have questions along those lines. If you do indeed break off, you know, who, it, who's going to be that enforcement arms? Is it still going to be the NCAA? I think we'll see some semblance of it. Will we ever see, at least I say ever, ever is a long time. Will we see anytime soon? These teams, these schools completely breaking away from the NCAA and doing their own thing. I don't think it's coming anytime soon, but I think there'll continue to be conversation about that. And, and really, you already see that, again, in, with regard to the playoff, because the NCAA has no say in the playoff. And, and I do think at some point, well, I, I, here, put it this way, I think you will see an expanded playoff much sooner than you'll see all these teams break away. Let's uh, stay with one more big-picture college football question. Uh, when you look at all the teams that have played and, you know, in the first almost two months of the season, who's been your biggest surprise and your biggest disappointment in college football? Probably the biggest disappointment is probably LSU. That they just, you know, you're talking about the defending national champion, a team that arguably had one of the greatest seasons in recent college football history last year and put up numbers like crazy. But to be fair, they lost so much. They lost so much to the NFL. They had several opt-outs. But defensively, they looked like a train wreck. You know, and, and to lose to Missouri the way they did, and then this last week, you know, giving up as many yards and as many points, uh, they've recruited too well. And I think Ed Ogeron has said that to look like they have. So, you know, unless they get things turned around, you're probably looking at a situation where the defending national champion has as big a drop-off in the next year as we've ever seen. Um, 
my surprise, I, I don't know. I, I think you you look at what Louisiana has done. You talk about a group of five team that knocked off Iowa State to start the season, and they're unbeaten. They, like a BYU, I think have a chance to, to maybe go unbeaten. You know, and if they were, if they were to do that, now they're in a conference, you know, how seriously would they be taken? Uh, they would be right up there, uh, you know, I think in that category, that conversation is the team that's been most surprising in a good way. You know, I look in the SEC, and even though their record isn't great, has anybody done a better coaching job at this point than Sam Pittman and that staff at Arkansas? Yeah. That's a school that had lost 20 straight SEC games. And, and they really sort of got robbed last week against Auburn. That, that's a game that was sort of yanked out from under them. And to have already beaten the team they, they, they did and playing Georgia as tough as they did, uh, knowing that personnel, I mean, a new staff, you had hardly no time to work with, you know, the, the team and you put in your system, and yet they've been as good and as competitive as they've been. I think when you look, again, if you don't just look at the record, Arkansas maybe has done the staff and the players – have done as good a job as anybody. Chris, to further prove that there are BYU fans everywhere, you actually have a neighbor that uh, that is at BYU right now, right? Absolutely. Jessica Matheson, a freshman there. And Jessica's not the biggest football fan, but every time the Cougars play, I text her. I talk to her mom, Carrie, saying, make sure Jessica knows that the Cougars are playing. I think she's been a little bummed, her and her roommate, Macy, that they haven't been able to go to games yet because there have been no students there. But I think at some point they're going to let students back in, and I can promise you she'll be their front and center. Good stuff. Chris, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. I know BYU fans will look forward to your piece uh, coming out on ESPN.com about BYU. We appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes, and uh, enjoy the rest of the college football season. Thanks for having me. I look forward to getting back out there soon. You bet. There we go. Chris Lowe, ESPN senior writer, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. Great conversation with Chris. Some really interesting subjects, too, uh, relative to where BYU fits in things, the schedule, a P5 breakaway or not, as you guys discussed. Yeah, it's just nice to get the national perspective. You know, we're we're around it all the time, and so it's nice to hear people on the outside looking in, just their impressions of of where they think BYU is right now. Yeah, I I like hearing from them and thinking, are we crazy? And the answer is always yes when we (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Coming up, Deep Blue with Troy Warner, how he's blazing his own trail at BYU. And will there be fans in the stands next week against Texas State? What a devotional attendance announcement could mean for sports. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Join myself, Riley Nelson, Greg Rubel, and Mitchell Jurgens. Look, I wasn't going to say it. I was not going to say it. Ben is salty already about it, so I'm not going to say anything, okay? As we get you ready for BYU at Houston Friday night on BYU Radio, Cougar Pregame Live begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. At some point, there's no excuse. There's just... I just want to make sure it's it's known... And it is on the records that I am not the one that brought this up, okay? <laughs> he is Jason. <gasps> Apparently does stuff on BYU radio. <laughs> There's still no actual proof of this. I am Jeremy Jordan. What are you saying? Because it's radio and you can't see me? And there's no picture. Time now for the Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible <laughs> Supply Chain Management. Tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Let's ship in a photo of Jason. How about that? <laughs> 
All right. Does BYU announcing that next week's devotional will have an attendance of 1,200 mean that there will be fans in the stands for Texas State? And it's in two weeks, by the way. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, two weeks. Uh, President Oaks is coming. There's going to be 1,200 people in for the devotional in the Marriott Center. This feels like we can get 6,000 in a 63,000-seat stadium reasonably. What about hoops now? It makes me wonder, oh, are we going to start at 1,200? Why 1,200? So I'm hoping this means there's been discussions relative to, okay, we can gather for an event and reasonably social distance, and it's going to be all good under the current stipulations in the state of Utah. Yeah, I look, I certainly would not expect them to announce that there's going to be 1,200 in attendance there if they weren't allowed to do this or if, if the protocols right. weren't. So so if, if that is there in place... It would certainly lead you to think that other things are possible, meaning BYU football attendance, as you mentioned, basketball. So it certainly does seem like a positive development. Yeah, we're only six weeks away from hoops. you got to start thinking about what you're doing. Yeah. All right. In case you missed it last night, basketball practice, all access with BYU hoops, first, uh, second practice of the first day. Here's a taste. Welcome inside the Marriott Center for a first for us, a practice broadcast live on the BYU TV app six weeks out from the start of the 2021 season. So he's, he, he was the captain of one of the most dominating teams ever in the history of college basketball. He was the leader, the hardest worker, and probably top three in my 40-year career, hardest workers of all time. You know, there should be a lot of excitement around Provo right now with BYU's basketball program and their football program. And hopefully all the, the winter sports can get going on the same way. But he's one of the most special people uh, I've met in my lifetime, and there's nothing I wouldn't do for him. Who's big and scary on this team, Chris? Richard. (laughs) Big and scary. Big and scary, boys! Hey, BYU basketball's best because we have the best locker room in America. We're all big, mean, lean, shot-making machines. Yeah! And there's a taste of last night. I didn't even have to ask Richard Harvard a question. He just came in, said what he wanted to say, and he was done. Look, we hear all the stories about Richard Harvard. Mark loves to tell stories about just... Like Han Solo said. It's true. All of it. <laughs> well, well played. Yeah, that was fun last night. In case you, missed, you can go to the BYU TV app, go to the men's basketball page, or find uh, the link on our social media from BYU TV Sports to go watch that. Coming up, we play Know the Foe. What do we know about Houston and the Red Cougars? And the latest deep blue on senior Troy Warner. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU softball is back at Gale Miller Field on Saturday for an Interstrad scrimmage. You can watch it on the BYU TV app at 3.30 Eastern time. You've got that, right? Absolutely. You and Gary Scheide, right? It, the band's back together. 
Gary and I used to do games back Love in the day. Love me some Gary Shiny. It's fantastic. Okay, growing up, the younger brother of Fred Warner meant Troy Warner was expected to be something significant, right? Because Fred was so good, who's now a starting middle linebacker with 49ers. But in this week's Deep Blue, it explores how Troy is carving out his own legacy. Deep Blue is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. Learning things from hardships is always big. That was one thing that I had to learn for myself was that if I could take something from this, you know, bad experience, that I could gain something from it and and be a better player or a better person after it was all said and done. Things were hard growing up. There were points where we had to live with our grandma as a family and sleeping all huddled together in the same bed or just little things like that. Our, Our mom had it rough and she worked her tail off to make sure that that we had everything. So like looking back, I now see that it was a little harder, but in the moment I'm thinking, oh, we're good. Like we have everything we need. It was never like we felt lesser than anyone. And I think my mom, that's a credit to my mother, just her determination. I think that rubbed off on us and how hard we've been able to work up to this point and get to where we are now. My mom played a huge role in our success, not only what she did for us financially, but Seeing her go through so many challenges, trials, and seeing her come out on top uh, has taught me that I can overcome anything. You know, sometimes you got to think about those who have it much worse and think about how much worse things could be in order for you to see the the light at the end of the tunnel. Me being, you know, kind of like the the man of the house at a young age, he had to kind of look up to me and, and follow my footsteps. He was a perfect role model for me in trying to better myself, you know, on and off the field and in school. He made it easy on me because he's just such a good kid and uh, he works his tail off to to be the best version of himself. And I think if I didn't have him, I would have struggled way more. And I don't don't even know if I would have been, you know, where I am today without, without his help and guidance. You know, I'm forever grateful for that. Starts in press, gonna run it and runs into trouble. Tallahassee again to stop. Troy Warner is shaking up for BYU. Younger brother of star linebacker. When you play a sport and you love it so much, you put so much time and effort into it, you know, when you get hurt and then you have to sit out and watch from, from the sideline, it's tough. It was the first real trial that I ever faced. It was the first real injury that I ever faced. The pitch to James. White shirts are there and he's dropped behind the line. Troy Warner. I've always been a guy who's, you know, started and played and and never really had to sit back and, you know, watch the game that I love. I think just mentally I kind of took a shot and and trying to figure out how to regain that confidence was was one thing that I had to try and learn. Physically, I felt like I needed to just continue to grind, you know, try to get bigger, faster, stronger and do what I could so that I could get to where I am today. Uh, Right now, going to the senior year, what we saw from spring, I saw... Not the old Troy return. I saw the new and improved Troy where I forgot about the injuries that he had. I knew that, you know, great things wouldn't have been achieved without the long, long nights, long days, and and just the blood, sweat, and tears that were poured into this game. Even the the trials and that I that I faced, I think those those have all brought me to to where I am today and to the player that I am as well. He's just been a, an amazing young man to have and to be, for me to be able to see him go from year one to now year five as a redshirt senior, it's been so cool. I, 
can't put it into words how awesome it's been. And I, I'm, I'm cheering for so much success for that young man. He's going to do so many great things and just so proud of him so far. And I know he'll do great things ahead of, ahead of this time. I mean, honestly, like, if I could say anything to Troy, I mean, it's just that I'm just so proud of him. And I don't know if I say it enough. I think him being the younger brother, he's always been put in this, you know, in the shadow of what I've been able to accomplish. And people aren't always willing to give him the credit he deserves. He talks about I'm his idol or stuff like that, but, I mean, he's my idol. And, um, you know, there's, there's reasons for why we both play football and do what we do in life. And, you know, I do it for him and for the rest of my family. I do love him with my whole heart. You know, that's, that's my guy. And it'll be that way all the way until, until we leave this earth and, and so on. But, yeah, I'm proud of him. Deep blue on Troy Warner. Pretty cool to hear from Fred in that relationship. And Troy has started to play even better now that he's healthy. He had zero picks in 37 career games before the last two, where he has a pick in back-to-back games. Yeah, and uh, it's it's good to see him have success. You know that the talent was there, and now he's getting the opportunity. It's all kind of coming together at the right time. Absolutely. He's healthy, and he's doing well. Best of luck to Troy the rest of the season. Look, It's great to have him in the secondary. Absolutely. Coming up, legends are a part of today's Rising Shoutout. And we get to know the foe, Houston edition. This is BYU Sports Nation. Deep Blue on BYU Sports Nation is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Welcome back to BYUSN. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcast. Show is also available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Okay, let's play a little Know the Foe Houston edition. BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? We never do. Here's Ben Bagley. All right, guys. The Acme Security Agency, they deemed in the coin flip during the break that Jerem was going to go first today. So, Jerem, you're you're up first. Well, you won the coin toss you elected to receive. All right, we'll start here. Which of the following actors is not an alumnus of the University of Houston? Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory. Randy Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Or Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Correct. A famous Harvard alum was on the Harvard Har- football Harvard? team. Harvard? Didn't know the Quaid boys were, <laughs> yeah. were Houston Cougars. Yeah, Cousin Eddie from Houston. Yeah. 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 Hi, Jason. Okay. Which musician was not enrolled at one time at the University of Houston? Okay. Dwayne Michael Carter Jr. Do you know who that is? I do not. A.K.A. Lil Wayne. Okay. Oh, nice. Little Wayne. <laughs> no, Lil Wayne. You got to say it right, Jeremy. Come on. Country music icon Kenny Rogers, mm-hmm. ZZ Top founding member Billy Gibbons, okay. or Grammy-nominated singer, artist, Lizzo. <laughs> Good luck. Well, I'm a, I know the, the middle two. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, did you say Lizzo? Lizzo, yes, correct. I'm going to go with Lizzo. Mm, no, no, no. no. It would be ZZ Top founding member Billy Gibbons, who attended art school in L.A. Nice. He seems like a Houston guy. He's from Houston. Yes, that's what I mean. Yes. All right, Jerem. Which member of the Apollo 13 crew originally said the often misquoted words, okay, Houston, we've had a problem here? Was it Tom Hanks? (laughs) Was it Jack Swigert? 
Bill Armstrong or Captain James Lovell? It was James Lovell. What is it? He gets that question? What? What? No, he it wasn't? Was, it was not. It was Jack Swagger who said What? So in the movie, so Kevin Bacon? it wasn't. It was Kevin Bacon. It was Kevin said. Bacon in the movie. And it, 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 the, the proper words is, okay, Houston, we've had a problem. Yeah, yeah. Tom's I read, like, I, I read a book on the mission. I, I should know this. Yeah, Hanks is like, I'm not giving up that line. <laughs> that one's mine. I am, it's mine if I'm in this movie. <laughs> All right, Jason, last one here. I'm going to give you the names Clyde Drexler, mm-hmm. Hakeem Olajuwon, and David Rose. Mm-hmm. Name one more member of Phi Slamma Jamma. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you could have gone with Michael Silent Assassin Young or Ben Bomber from Bernice Anders, among others. So, yeah. So. yeah, among others. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's another foe. Thank you. That's great. Our question of the day. We never do. <laughs> Is there more pressure on the BYU offense or defense to perform at Houston? The elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. At Nick Lee, 51 on Twitter. More pressures on the defense. We know that the offense, what the offense will bring. The athletes on Houston's offense and their style of play will bring a challenge BYU hasn't faced on defense yet. Yeah, I agree. This is going to be a challenge. Let's, let's go. BYU's really got to bring it here, but I think they're ready for the challenge. Big-time challenge. Biggest so far of the season. Today's Rise and Shout-Out presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Uh, we'll tag-team this one, right? You were part of the broadcast last night, the All Access with BYU Basketball. What a fantastic thing to be able to watch for fans to be able to see that type uh, of, uh, of access to this team. It's awesome. Yeah, with Mark Pope and then getting Rick Pitino and Danny Angel on was really fun. That was great. That, look, being able to that's, – that's a major, major get, being able to get those guys on this yeah, show. Yeah, really, really fun. Okay, thanks to today's guest, ESPN.com's Chris Law. Conversation continuing 24-7. That's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. No time for Jason. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Michael Reed. See you tomorrow from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Houston. Go Cougs! All right, everyone's set. And action. Hexen.